step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. confusion about the show today i had put it down for eight o'clock but as usual i did not take danny's very busy schedule into consideration yeah i posted it up in the group and then i got like a message like two minutes later from her that said uh i'm busy at eight <laughs> o'clock so i had to scramble to change it but i i actually forgot to go and change it in a few of the posts i put so there were people looking for us eight o'clock oh. we are here now here we are uh, we are doing video as well uh, we're doing some different things with the podcast uh, and with the group, the Crazy Disney group. From now on, most of our videos will be done on YouTube, if not all of them. Uh, we're going to have our live feed that I usually do. I should say <laughs> that I usually do because you don't, I don't take part of it very many of them. Do they're usually nonsense. Uh, we're going to start recording a lot of these podcasts and put them up there. So I hope we look okay. The shine's not too bad I know, on my I head. I don't, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with it. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the exciting things we're doing. One of the others is we actually have a podcast app now in Google Play. We do? Yeah, you never put it, you never downloaded it? I didn't know about it. No, I sent you something on it. So if you go into the Google Play store and you Google Disney or Crazy for Disney, our podcast app will pop up. And it's 100% free. And it's just another cool way to check out our podcast. Cool. Yeah, as if we don't have enough ways to already find you us. You never told me, though. I didn't know anything about it. We actually have an iTunes uh, app built as well, but we need somebody from Apple to put it up for us, which drives me crazy because they got me to do this uh, this app, and they didn't inform me that I needed to have, like, Mac equipment to actually... There it yeah, is. there it is, right in this, the app store. Oh, my God, that's remarkable. Download our app. Um, and one of the other things we're doing to kind of promote our YouTube channel now is we're running a contest this week. 
if you subscribe to the Crazy for Disney YouTube channel, uh, you will be entered to win a prize package. Do you know what's in the prize package? I do know. I'm the one that's sending it out. Uh, the prize package will consist of a Crazy for Disney bag, which we give away quite often, some pins, some tattoos. And when I say tattoos, they're the, the temporary tattoos. We're not going to have a, a tattoo artist show up to your house and brand you. Um, and then I'm also going to be giving one away one each of the pass holder magnets, which will be the original Mickey pass holder, the two spring ones, Mickey and Minnie, mm-hmm. the Christmas one, oh. and the Donald Duck one. Because we have a ton of them around here, we have nothing to do with them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the rest of you do with your pass holder magnets, but I'm afraid to put them on our vehicles because you know they're going to disappear. So that leaves you with, you can put them in a drawer somewhere. Yep. You can put them on your fridge, or you can get them away if you have a podcast. I have, um, at my office at work, I have metal bookshelves. I can stick them all over that. Oh, would you like one of each? Yes, Well, you've earned it, so you might as well get one. (laughs) So if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you will get one entry. If you share the YouTube channel, you will get an additional five entries. So you can have six entries. Uh, We will give it away next Monday. And speaking of next Monday will also be our next interview. And we will have, I'm going to conduct the interview without you, which, uh, which I know does not break your heart. <laughs> uh, we're going to have Big Fat Panda on, who, if you're not familiar with him, he has a YouTube channel. And he does a lot of reviews from around the park. He's got a lot of, his videos are awesome because they're always done in uh, 4K. Or most of them are done in 4K. So they're really high quality. He does a lot of editing, unlike us. We're just like fly by the seat of our pants. We really are. I mean, with our live videos, we record it. Whatever comes out, comes out. When we do our podcast, we go live, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, we are not fancy. No, but I think some people like that because it's like, it's I, almost seeing like the outtakes. I like it because it seems more natural. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. We're not professional and we're not fancy. Uh, but with Panda, that being said, I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging him no, for no, being. No, no, I'm just saying, like, I think different people have different preferences. Yeah, but he does a phenomenal job, yeah. and I've actually been a fan of his ever since I got on social media with Disney. Yeah, you've been, been talking about him for years now. It's only been about three years now, but uh, I had a couple of different people that I approached when I first started doing the group and trying to get advice on whether I should do a podcast or if I should do videos or a Facebook group, and there's a lot of competition in there, so he was one of the ones that was just nice enough to give me advice. Yeah. But there was a few of them out there that did that, and uh, I will always appreciate that, and those people always be at the top of the Rudy list. Not that that's an impressive list, but, <laughs> but he's up there. So uh, thank you, John, and I look forward to interviewing you on Monday. Uh, time to be determined. I'm going to actually interview him earlier in the day, and then we'll just uh, we will actually put it on later that night. So we will have video of that, and we will also put it on the podcast. So let's get to the show. Okay. Enough of my nonsense and my rambling. Uh, we'll go some quick. We'll get into quick Disney news, and then we'll get into our Walt Disney stuff. Something exciting happened at Disney this week. They did have an opening. <laughs> um, what was Dude, it? I didn't notice. Do you remember what that opening was? <laughs> I don't know. Something about toys. Yes. A Slinky Dog or something. Toy Story Land opened, and it was insane. Uh, they opened the park early on opening day, which was Sunday. Sure. Let's go with Sunday. Uh, the park was, I believe, supposed to open at 8. Disney decided to open up at 6 without telling anybody just to kind of alleviate some of the crowds. People were in line at 4.30 in the morning to get in there. That's hardcore. That's dedication. <laughs> that's I mean, that's like saying. insane. Like, that's, yeah. But um, 
all the feedback I saw from the park has been positive, whether it be the theming of the land itself, the rides, uh, the food I've heard has been really good. Uh, the one thing I did see is the rides are very quick. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think like uh, the Alien Saucer Spin is like 85 seconds long. Yeah. And I believe Slinky Dog's right around that same amount of time. Uh, somebody had figured out like between stops and all that stuff. So if you're waiting for two hours, you're going to get about an 85 second ride. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is I know opening day, they were seeing four plus hours waiting for the Slinky Dog. And I know the Alien Saucer Spin got over two hours. But I was looking today, and I believe the Alien Saucer Spin was around 45 minutes, and Slinky Dog was at two hours. Not that we would wait for either one of those, no. but in the grand scheme of things, being the opening week, that's pretty amazing that yeah. they're, uh, I don't know if that's they're moving people through that quickly or if people are seeing the lines and staying away from the park. Yeah, but nobody's doing that with Pandora. like the. Well, yeah, I mean, Pandora to this day, I mean, we were there in April and May, which were slower times of the year. Yeah. And they were still seeing at least two Two and a half hours like for a, Pandora. It's a very different experience, though. I guess I feel like a roller coaster and a spinny thing is like... Well, that's my feeling on the whole thing. And this show is going to be about Walt Disney, and I'm going to get into that. Um, one of Walt Disney's big things was he wanted to kind of immerse you in his movies. Right. Whether it be, you know, eat the parks or the rides or whatever. And to me, a roller coaster and a spinny ride don't really immerse you in the movies as much of a dark ride would have. Or even if they even had the Slinky Dog go into a dark section. Yeah. And like they did with the, the minecarts mm -hmm. and kind of immerse you that way. And that's one of the big disappointments for that land for me. They what? should have done a claw ride. Like the claw yeah, with there's, those I aliens. Mean, they should have done like something The like aliens like spin, I guess you would consider that, but they didn't no, have the claw like, there. No, but they were able to have the claw and it would like pick up the thing and they that you know, would be Disney. really cool is if like one person died on the ride it picked up one person and they were just gone there's something seriously now that would have made it a thrill ride good lord but yeah there's a couple other things besides toy story land we'll get past that uh they did have and this is going to make you upset probably some more artist renditions of mickey's runaway railroad which is what took place at the place of the great movie ride oh i was like why, <laughs> why would that bother me uh, it looks very cool. I mean, if you've seen the, the picture, it shows, uh, it looks like you're going to be in a train. You're in a, Goofy's running the, the train and you're in the carts behind it. And it looks like a 3D or a 4D Mickey and Minnie running a car alongside you. So it's a, po they're saying it's like nothing you've ever seen before. It's, it's going to be an amazing ride. And that's what I look for at Disney. When I want to go on a ride, I want to see something that I'm not going to see at your local theme park. This is what I want. Give me that, Disney. So, yeah, if you get a chance to look at that, it's very cool. That opens next year. I can't wait for that to open up. Uh, I've been geeked about that for a while. Yeah. I, I could care less about it. I yeah, mean, I, no, I, did, I, like ride, I did enjoy the great movie ride, but it was its time. It was time to go. Like Danielle, with everything else in life. Yeah, she really disagrees with that one because she <laughs> loved that ride. Uh, the other thing they're doing is a Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy show, and that's going to be in Hollywood Studios. That's going to be over by the Rock and Roller Coaster, and they're they're not really explaining what this is. It's going to feature Lightning McQueen, obviously. Hmm. Uh, it's going to have a couple other ones like Cruiser, Ramirez, and Mater. And uh, it, it almost sounds like maybe it's an interactive show, but they really didn't get into it. 
Uh, that's going to be opening up soon. It's going to be at Sunset Showcase near the Rock and Roller Coaster. Sunset oh. Showcase is where we saw the Villains Party yeah. and where we went for Galactic Nights. So look for that. That'll be kind of cool. I always love new stuff. The more new stuff, the better. I can't get enough of new stuff. I know some people are the purists and like to have it the way Walt wanted it, but give me more and more new stuff. I'll be happy. I, I like old stuff and new stuff. Like, why can't they just, like, keep the old stuff and then make new stuff? Well, I think that's the mix you have with people. You either have the people who want it old school, period, the way mm-hmm. Walt wanted it, nothing more. Then you have people like you that want, you know, some new stuff, but keep the originals as is. And then you've got me who just wants anything that's gotten old to be replaced. If it's run its course, I want it gone. I want Peter, something new. Peter Pan? Well, that has to run its course. I mean, if you're getting 90-minute waits, that yeah. obviously is a, a popular attraction. But if you got something like uh, progress. that it's getting, like, a five-minute wait and, like, people are avoiding it unless it's hot out, maybe it's seen its yeah. time. Maybe it could be a museum or something. But the other news is um, the World of Disney, which is our, probably our favorite store in, in Disney Springs. They're redoing the entire thing. And if you've been in there, you know it's a giant store. So they're actually opening up in phases. They've opened up phase one. And I'm going to bring up the picture for Danielle because she hasn't seen it yet. It's it's much more upscale looking. A lot more wood on the floors. It kind of reminds me of uh, what's the new area they have in Disney Springs with like uh, where they do the cell phone covers and stuff. Yeah. D-Tech, that area. Uh, It reminds me of that quite a bit. You have a lot of wood, a lot of brick. It's it's it looks really nice. I feel like that store's super confusing because it's so big. I wonder if they're. It is a huge store. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're going to fix that as well and right. make it a little more uh, user friendly. So uh, that was pretty much all the news we had. Um. Yeah, that was oh the Teespring thing. That was the other little bit of news. Oh. Uh, if you're a member of our Crazy for Disney group or our Crazy for Run Disney group. We have merchandise we're selling on TeePublic. Uh, if you go on TeePublic and you Google Crazy for Disney, or if you go on our site, those Legos are bothering me. It's like they? right over my head. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if you go on there, they actually have a sale going the next two days at $18 a t-shirt, which is very cheap. Yeah. Our logo is very cool. I'm well, excited about my new Razorback shirt with the Crazy for Run Disney. Yeah, Danielle and myself, we just ordered Crazy for Run Disney stuff. It looks fantastic. It's all printed. It's beautiful. Uh, they're running a sale for the next two days, and then if you can't get it in the next two days, they're running another sale on July 18th through the 22nd. So that'll give you another opportunity if you want to buy something like that. Uh, we don't control the pricing on it. We don't control the sales. So when it goes on sale, we buy stuff. As yeah. well. <laughs> we grab it quick because, uh, you know, T-shirts do get expensive, and you don't see very many T-shirts for 14 bucks. Definitely not, yeah, especially not customized like that. Uh, if you're not looking to get just a plain T-shirt, like my wife likes the Racerbacks or the V-necks, they're a few dollars more, but it's still pretty reasonable. Uh, it, it doesn't get like crazy. You're not right. looking like 30 bucks a shirt. So let's get into Walt Disney. And the reason why I wanted to do a show on Walt was, number one, we've done, I think, close to 80 shows. Probably really. Yeah, on the wow. podcast. And we have never done a show about Walt Disney. Which is weird. Yeah, that's weird. And the thing that brought it up was this weekend we watched Saving Mr. Banks. And if anybody who knows me knows that is like the movie that kind of tugs at my heart a little (laughs) bit for some reason. And it's not the aspect of Walt Disney. But I do love that part of the film. It's it's the father-daughter relationship. 
makes me uh, a blubber like a big baby. But I also enjoy seeing the interactions with Walt and uh, Pat Travers. Was that her name? P.L. Travers. P.L. Travers. Uh, the acting was phenomenal. Tom Hanks is really good as Walt Disney in that. But when you watch it, you also kind of take it with a grain of salt, like how much this is real. So we kind of did a little research <laughs> on our own. Daniel Googled it, sent it to me. And you, you obviously, you know, they're going to go and uh, sensationalize it a little bit for the movie to make it a better movie. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it would be kind of boring if they did exactly what happened. Yeah, and I mean, but that's one thing that drives me crazy is um, everybody has their idea about Walt Disney. And then there's a lot of stuff you forget about right. that, that went on in his life. So we did a lot of research on him. Uh, I did a lot of reading up on him today as well. Because it has played a big part in my life. Uh, as a child, every Sunday we used to watch the, the Disney special on ABC. Mm-hmm. They'd run a movie. You know, you get to see Walt. Uh, the movies, obviously, growing up were amazing. And, and that's something you always look back on. And then the parks. I've been going to the parks since I think I was four. I mean, the, the parks are fairly new at that time. So I'm old as dirt. I was going to say that was old. Yeah, I mean, that's that's black and white days i've posted (laughs) pictures of myself at disney back in the day and uh boy it was a different time back then it was a whole different park but uh yeah i think the the coolest thing about i mean what was your first experience like with disney what was your first exposure um i mean i went a lot when i was a kid but i can't remember how old i was um and a lot of um i don't you just I'm sorry, continue. I'm just uh, checking on our live video oh. that stopped on us. It didn't stop. No. You just, you're not supposed to minimize it. I don't know where. There's no actual video showing. Oh, I don't know what you did. So continue. Anyway, um, but I mean, I watched all the movies. I mean, Snow White was one of my favorite movies when I was little. And when I was a teenager, my sister, who's 10 years younger than me, was obsessed with The Little Mermaid. Which and is then, a, which is a great movie. Which is a fantastic. I mean, I know that movie backwards and forwards. And then last night, Maya was watching Aladdin, and I forgot. But another one that I watched a lot when I was a teenager with my sister, and I know that whole. Like I was like quoting the whole movie, and <laughs> I was getting mad at me. Well, yeah, it was kind of cool because if you look back on Walt's life, he grew up poor uh, in Missouri, and the, the town he lived in, Marceline, was that what it was called? Sure. That's where you're gonna go with. Um, that kind of fueled what he saw Americana as. Like that Main Street in Disneyland is based off of the town he grew up in. And uh, everybody just assumes he just had like a lot of success. Like everything he did t- turned gold. And the fact is that he had a lot of struggles like going on through life. Um, everything he tried to do when he first started out seemed to be a failure, yeah. like one after another, which has got to be so tough. Uh, you said, because you do a lot of business stuff, that yeah. they actually use Disney as a model of how you shouldn't give up. Like, you're going to have your failures. Yeah. You're going to pick yourself up and uh, and keep going because he had his share of failures for sure. Well, imagine if he quit, you know, just like after the first failure or after the tenth failure. Like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, have anything. anything. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I mean, if you look at his life, the people that always intrigue me most in life are the ones that have, like, these broad experiences like they've done more than one thing they've done a million things and i mean when he was 16 and the war was going on he wanted to join the army so he dropped out of high school and he was too young to get into the army so he joined the red cross and he was driving an ambulance over in france i mean to have those like world experiences and then you know to move back and start the the cartoon stuff up which 
wasn't very big at the time. That wasn't something he went into and just knew it was going to be successful. Right. So when he started that up, obviously they went up and uh, at the time Felix the Cat was big. And that was Walt's big thing was he wanted to beat Felix the Cat. So they came up with um, the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And uh, that kind of got taken away from him. So uh, he wanted something even bigger than that. And that's where obviously Mickey came to be. And and uh, I guess the rest is history from there because it all started with a mouse. Started with a mouse. Um, yeah, and then... I think when I was reading back and, and looking at these movies that he's done, because there's so many iconic movies that you look back on and just think they were always the the biggest and grandest things. So many of those were huge flops. Yeah. Which amazes me, because uh, the first big cartoon movie he ever put out was Snow White, which I'm not a fan of. Oh, I love Snow White. Really? Oh, my. I've always loved it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I shouldn't say that's like a girl's movie, but I, I think women and little girls kind of are drawn to it that whole yeah. I don't know I mean I just, I've always loved the movie I love the dwarves I, I do love, love the, the dwarves I love the music I mean I don't know I just have always loved it well it's funny when you go on and read about the time he put into that movie the, the one cool thing about Walt was he wasn't going to get shortchanged. Uh, if he had something in mind that's the way it was going to get yeah. done and that's really cool like he was never pressured into the making shortcuts or changing things. Yeah, and he had his vision and he carried it out. So he carried out this uh, vision he saw for Snow White. It got big critical acclaim. It made a lot of money. And that kind of like catapulted him into this, this large status. So uh, the movies that followed, which I just assumed they were all big and right. successful, they actually weren't. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie he did after uh, Snow White. I think it was Pinocchio. And... It's kind of like a dark story to begin with. So he had to kind of change it up a little bit. I think they said that in Pinocchio, the Jiminy Cricket character in the story mm-hmm. gets, like, eaten by him or something. Like, something twisted and yeah. dark. Uh, so he had the challenge of making this a kid's movie and making it enjoyable for a family. And uh, it, it got, like, critically slammed. Like, nobody liked it. Even his daughter said she didn't like it. And, uh, and as far as the box office goes, it was a flop. So, uh... He had another downturn in his life. Like, a lot of people could have just given up. Yeah. Uh, I believe the next movie for that was Dumbo. And uh, they said he kind of rushed through that one because he needed to make money. Dumbo came out before Bambi? Yes. And it was kind of funny because Bambi was the one he was originally going to do before Pinocchio or Dumbo. And um, he just couldn't kind of figure out the story, like, the way he wanted to do it. It was a little bit of a dark twist because, you know, Bambi's mother. Bambi's a tough one. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but Bambi's mother died. (laughs) that with your kids be ready for that sadness um but yeah you got Dumbo out there and, and that was received well and he did make money off of that and then came Bambi which which took a beating again and that's the thing that drives me nuts about Disney right now uh the, the company is Solo did bad and all you read now is like how Disney's like slam on the brake they're worried about doing another Star Wars movie like what if Walt took on that whole deal yeah like if he had a failure and was like oh, I'm done with these cartoons I'm not gonna because he took like three or four flops. I'm trying to think what he did after um, uh, he did Pinocchio flopped, Bambi flopped, and I think there was one after one after that that did not do well either. And you know he just kept pushing. Yeah. And he didn't have a lot of money at that time either because he had a lot of these failures. So he's borrowing money, taking all these chances, and, and to me that's I mean the guy seemed like he lived like twelve lives. <laughs> 
Um, so obviously, oh, oh, you know, a movie came out after that was um, Song of the South. And that wasn't a huge, he didn't lose a ton of money on that. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, he took a lot of heat for that. And I was reading about it a little bit. And he said that, uh, or the, the story said that a lot of the black actors had told him straight up, you know, don't make these slaves like whistling and having a great time. Right. Like, you know, being a slave was a great thing. And uh, Disney decided he was going to do it his way. So yeah. uh, when it came out, Obviously, there were a lot of issues. I read that uh, it premiered in Georgia, and Uncle, there was still segregation in Georgia sure. at the time. The actor that played Uncle Remus, who was the star of the movie, wasn't, even able, to... wasn't able to book a hotel because nobody would allow him to stay there. So, wow. in hindsight, that was a huge flop and miscue for Disney, and they bury it to this day. You can't you find can't it anywhere. Find, well, except for the characters in Splash Mountain. Yeah, which is weird because they never really bring that up. Like, you don't know what, like, little kids don't know what movie that's from. That's true because they do keep it to the cartoon side yeah. of just the, the Brer. Is that a Brer characters? Briar? How would you, how would you pronounce that? Uh, they keep it to those characters. And um, yeah, that's, that's it's amazing that at that time period he would try to pull that off. Did you, in your research, did you happen to see, was that the first movie that, ha- that combined the animation with the live action? Uh, I did not. I mean, he he had... That came th- out before Mary Poppins, right? Yes, that yeah. did come out before Mary Poppins. Uh, the, the funny thing with him is he was always pushing the boundaries. He yeah. was always trying new things. And one of the things I, I didn't realize, he actually had the patent for Technicolor for two years. Really? So he was the only one that huh. was allowed to do color animation for two years. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the guy was always pushing the envelope. Obviously, we know all the stuff where he he'd working cartoons mm-hmm. and the live action stuff like you were saying uh actually that's where he got his start remember these those old alice movies yes. with the little girl the animation I about that. that was some of the first that I he love, did i just think that's so cool i always thought that was cool how he did that in a lot of his movies yeah and then uh i mean i, I don't want to kind of dive into the negative too much mm-hmm. but uh we all know the issues he had with animators there where um the women weren't treated that well uh Actually, the animators themselves weren't treated that well. When he first started the company up, uh, we were kind of in a depression at the time. So everybody was looking for work. Sure. Uh, once the war ended and there was an influx of money into the country, it was a little harder to hire the top quality animators. When he did, he treated the top like gold, and it kind of trickled down, and, and the ones at the bottom were kind of treated poorly. And uh, you know, the, he they had a strike against him the, the entire bit. And that was a real dark side in his life. He actually went away to get away from all that to kind of, I think he went to South America for a vacation. Really? Just to kind of like unwind from the whole <laughs> nonsense. And uh, that's kind of like what Disney deals with now. I mean, they have that upper echelon. Obviously, Bob Iger makes more money than anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the poor CMs at the bottom of this that are struggling to pay bills. That's common with a lot of big companies, though. Yeah, so I mean, as much as they've always promoted family within mm. Disney, right from the beginning to now, there's also, you know, the, the people almost feel, like, alienated, the ones that are at the bottom, like, you know, if we're family. Yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, you talk to some of these CMs, and they just think they have the best job in the world. They're, a lot of them are really happy with what they do. Yeah. The other thing I was surprised about is... uh you don't think of like his old, old movies being that critically acclaimed as far as like getting awards for him. I didn't realize that he actually received 22 Academy Awards during his lifetime, which is shocking 
and had 59 nominations. Hmm. But he was only nominated for Best Picture once. And that was... I believe it was Cinderella. Cinderella? And... Or, boy, now I'm going to... It might have been uh, Mary Poppins. I think it was Mary Poppins, and it got beat by Gone with the Wind. No, Gone with no. the Wind. No, Gone with the Wind was out in the 30s. Yeah. Was it Snow White, maybe? No, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. But anyway, so he had a successful movie career. He decides he wants to move into theme parks. And this is where things get a little weird, because at the time, the war was over, and the, one of the biggest things were these amusement parks, but they were a little bit on the seedy side. Yeah, the money was, it was just, it was a weird atmosphere. Like a, like a fair. <laughs> yeah, and Disney wanted something better than that. He wanted a very family-friendly atmosphere, and that's where the no drinking comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, like, when they allow drinking now, and people get upset that it wasn't Walt's wishes, I think that it was a different time period back then. If Walt were still alive today, because we all know Walt drank quite a bit. Right. Uh I think he would have embraced that. Yeah. You know, he he was one that always embraced change and was always willing to kind of look at everybody else. And uh, that's one of the things I, would, I hate when people say what Walt wanted. Nobody knows what because he you, wanted. you really don't know. Well, especially not in this time. No, definitely not at this time. Um, it was tough, though, opening those parks. It, I read up, it was, it was very interesting, the, uh, the different things he did to kind of to get money together, he sold off the rights to his name. Yeah. Cashed in his insurance policies. Can you imagine being that famous that you can sell the rights to your name? Yeah. Is anybody out there willing to buy Rudy Claire? <laughs> because I am willing to sell it. You guys want it? You can have it you cheap. Can have it. I'll give it to you. It's cheap. Um, so yeah, it was kind of interesting that he had this this big master plan, which was a huge gamble. I mean, to, to come right. up with a theme park in Middle Anaheim, just assume it was going to be big. That's ridiculous. So um, he also needed financial backing, so he went to the networks. And um, the funny part is NBC and CBS turned him down, which, which must be killing the yeah. in hindsight. Um, but ABC at the time was number three in the ratings, and they needed a show. So Disney created a show that would it would be promotion for his Alice in Wonderland movie and would also keep hinting at these parks that he had come yeah. up. And uh, to Walt's credit, it it took off. I mean, the TV show was huge. It gave him all this national exposure. Everybody thought, you know, it was Uncle Walt. He was the greatest thing on the planet. And it catapulted this Disneyland into this monstrosity it is now. And, you know, we all know that he had designs for Disney World and uh, never saw it come to fruition because he died before it opened. But, like, the ideas he had for not only Disney, the Magic Kingdom in Disney World, but for Epcot. Yeah. That's the one thing that kind of bums me out is that we never got to see what Walt wanted for Epcot. Because he had an idea that it was going to be like this prototype city. You know, it was going to be run on solar. You know, all these big ideas. And uh, when he died, his brother just killed off what Walt wanted and just kind of put up what we saw today. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, maybe it never would have come to be anything anyway. Maybe it never would have been this city that he had imagined. But it would have been nice to to find out um and yeah the the, the parks now i know you know people people always want to look towards walt's vision i think walt would have been happy with what's going on obviously you know people look at it as a big money maker yeah walt was looking to make money he wasn't looking to do it yeah i mean obviously he was a businessman he was a businessman and i mean 
you can't get any more successful than Walt Disney World at this point. Uh, it's opened up across uh, Paris, China, Japan. I mean, it, it's all over the world now, and uh, it, it's just a money-making machine, whether it be the movies, the merchandise, the parks. So, I mean, that's something he, I mean, he sold merchandise way back in the day. Before even, when he needed money, he sold off rights to, you know, use Mickey Mouse on lunch boxes or uh, stuffed animals. So, I mean, that, that's always been Walt's way. So, um, going through all this, I just thought it was really, really interesting to, uh, to read through all the stuff that he'd gone through in his life and know that it wasn't all just uh, roses all the yeah. way through. And, um, boy, what an impact it's had on everybody's life. Especially, you know, if you're a huge Disney fan, it, it almost consumes you at times. I mean, it's just, uh, whether it be something you're buying at the store. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when we go to Target or whatever, if we oh, see yeah. something Mickey, it's like, oh my God, did you <laughs> Or if it's movies, I mean, I would say last year, at least 70% of the movies we saw in the theaters were related to Disney in some way. Oh, yeah, at least. Marvel or yeah. Star Wars or just the regular Disney cartoons. So. You know, I think the only movies we don't see that are Disney-related are just, like, adult movies that we'll go and see, like... Uh, like funny, yeah. Funny comedy that the kids won't want to see. Yeah. But other than that, as far as the family goes, maybe, you know, we see, like, the Minions. Yeah. Universal's got a couple properties that they've... Right, but, I mean, there's also an influence from Disney on those movies and those characters. and those. I mean, a lot of those... I think a lot of those animators started with Disney. Yeah, it was funny, one of the, the lead animators that was with Disney way back in the day actually was one of the huge parts of Looney Tunes, which yeah. was, uh, for me, if it wasn't Disney, it was Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes, yeah. I'll still watch those to this day. The old, old ones. I don't like yeah. the newer ones, but the real old ones, as a 40, what am I, 48? 40-year-old, 48-year-old <laughs> man, I will crack up at the Looney Tunes on a daily basis. You're also simple. <laughs> I am pretty simple. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought it'd be nice to kind of go through and uh, go over Walt's life and give a certain appreciation for it, because uh, it has really, I mean, boy, we vacation around it, we, uh, it's a big part of our lives at this point. Yeah, for sure. This podcast, our group. Our friends. Our friends. <laughs> it's kind of it brought this, uh, this big, huge experience together for us, and I, I guess you'd have to thank Walt Disney for starting it. For sure. We'll start with a mouse nonsense but yeah we're gonna get going um i'm not sure if the video feed worked i think yeah, we got caught up at some point well, i think because you minimized it i think that was the issue we will fix that that's kind of a work in progress we really want to go and start creating a lot of video around the podcast around the group and then get it all on youtube but it is some of it is new for us we're trying to figure out ways where we can record the podcast and yet do a video at the same time or uh, do a video and then use the audio for the podcast. So we're still kind of working around all that stuff and trying to perfect it. But ideally, hopefully within the next week, we will fix that and you'll start seeing a lot more of us because it's one thing to listen to it. And I think it's a really important medium. I mean, that's why podcasts are so big is you don't need to be there at nine o'clock or whatever right. time you start. You can listen to it any time and you can take it on the road with you with your phone or your, your laptop and listen to it at your leisure. Or listen to it a little chunks at a time, whether it be you know, 20 minutes here and 15 minutes there. Uh, but the video aspect of it's kind of important too because uh, we, re- we react a lot off of each other. 
Yeah, they miss some of the facial expressions and the dirty looks. Yeah, which a lot of it's just eye rolls at me, which I don't understand. You don't? No, don't. <laughs> like, anytime I look over and for a reaction from Danielle, it's usually like an eye roll or a dirty look. Dude, I can't imagine why. It's almost like our real life. Like, when we're not on the air, I get, a lot of, I get a lot of eye rolls and dirty looks, which, uh... That's why our friends always say we should do a reality show. Yeah, could you imagine we're that? entertaining. Yeah, because we run this thing very G-rated. If uh, Oh, my God. If we had a show, boy, oh, boy, the censors would be having a... Mm-hmm. Especially with me. Yeah. It's amazing that I'm able to do this podcast and it's not... It's shocking that you're able to do it. Yeah. You, well, you're just... Uh, here's an example. <laughs> we, we went to my daughter's oh. school <laughs> and um, we brought the, the students up for ice cream. We chaperone. We were one yeah, of the chaperones. Yeah. And uh, what, did I get a phone call? You missed a call. I, I missed a phone call from my mother, I believe. And not even thinking, I just said, oh, yes, I missed a call from my mother. Like, not even thinking about, like, where I was and who was around me. And uh, yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, you do. I have, like, no, this show is about the only thing that censors me. Other than that, I have, like, no filter. Yeah. So it's, uh, I maybe, really enjoy spending time with you when we're on the podcast. Maybe I should just carry the microphone around with me and yeah. pretend like I'm on the podcast okay, 24-7. You're, you're a delight. Delightful. You're delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, obviously, Wednesday is 4th of July. It is. So, we probably won't have another podcast till the weekend. And then uh, we'll have an interview with John Panda on Monday, which I'm really looking forward to because we've had a number of people we promised to get on over the, the past year. And we never actually did it because I hated technical end of it I always wanted it to sound right and the thought of somebody calling in always left a lot of weird dead air and you know we're step over each other and I didn't want to do that I wanted to wait till we had it perfected where you could have a normal conversation with somebody you were interviewing and, and not have it sound a little off so I think we're at the point where we can actually do that you wouldn't know it from <laughs> our past few problems with the internet and uh, microphone issues or whatever else we've had but I think we're at a point now where we can honestly do a decent interview, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to John Panda. Yeah. Um, he, he was at Toy Story Land this weekend, which... So you're jelly. I am jelly. Like, as much as I wanted it to... Uh, I didn't want to be there for opening day because it was a circus. He was there for... Uh, they had a TA, like a special... Um, like a soft opening? Like, yeah, like a soft opening for TAs and media, <laughs> which I applied for and got denied. Uh, you're really going to go there right now? Yeah, because it kind of bugs me a little bit. But anyway, uh, he got in, and um, th- that's the way that's the way I think the park should be experienced, like where you can actually get on stuff quickly and uh, take in everything slowly rather than being surrounded by 6 billion people and being yeah. rushed around. So I kind of like to hear what he has to say and what he thought about the food there, what he thought about the rides. Um, I actually had a little debate with him before the, the park opened about uh, how I did not – I wasn't thrilled about the rides, mm-hmm. and he agreed with me. I'm kind of curious if he still agrees with me because I know he loved the. He on, yeah. I know he loved the roller coaster especially, uh, and that's what we've heard from a lot of people is that it's uh. It's not like a thrill ride, you know. It's not like going on Superman or right. one of those crazy roller coasters, but it's definitely a step above like the mine carts. Um, it doesn't do loops. It doesn't do corkscrews. You know, you're not gonna. It's not that crazy, but it's a little bit faster than they had originally thought it was going to be. 
So I'm kind of curious to hear his input on Toy Story Land for sure. Yeah. So with that, we will let you guys go. Uh, I will just remind you to download the Crazy for Disney podcast app. It is only on the Google Play Store right now. It will be on iTunes as soon as I can find somebody to put it on there for me. I hate iTunes. Apple is always fighting me with everything. Yeah, but iTunes is, I mean, that's how most people listen to podcasts these days. Well, so the funny thing is, is the way Apple does stuff, it's like so uh, secluded. The reason why I can't get on Apple is because I have no Apple products to put right. it on there. Yeah. So I've been looking for somebody that's got some Apple expertise to put it on because it's already built. The app is already made. Do they just need to have an Apple device? You need to have an Apple device and know what you're doing. So you have to have a little bit of a clue. You can't just have your basic, oh, I got an iPhone, I'll throw it out for you. You got to have a little bit of knowledge behind it. Like uh, My father could probably do it for you. Mm, I think you need a little more knowledge than that. Yeah? Yeah, I have actually, con- we have a, a friend of ours, Robert Brothe. Oh, did you contact him? But, yeah, I contacted him and he's looking into it for me. And okay. We're actually going to have Robert Brothe on the show at some point as well. He, uh, he was an intern at Disney. Yeah, he worked for at the a while. parks. He yeah. worked at hotels. He worked at uh, the water parks as well, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a podcast. He's got a YouTube channel. He's one channel. of the smartest people I know. I mean, he's just, and he's just a very interesting guy. He does. He's one of those guys that does everything. He, he has a great voice for radio. As bad as my voice is for radio, <laughs> as nasally and ridiculous as it is, he's got like the booming. He's got like the perfect radio. Voice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not looking forward to that. It make me sound even worse. His podcast was the first one I was ever on. Do you remember that? I do. And he had our son on as well. Yeah. No, he wasn't on the podcast with him. Oh, he wasn't? No, he just did like a, um, like an internship or whatever. But he interviewed me about one of my first businesses. Yeah. And I was like a nervous. I remember I had to like drink before I and called I, in. And now I'm like a seasoned pro. You. I know. I don't drink to go on. I drink to just uh, to deal with you. No, that's not nice. That's not true. You're a joy. You're a delight to be around. Uh, you're delightful. <laughs> you're delightful. <laughs> so we will see you guys this weekend. Um, as I said, go down there and download the app and get on our YouTube channel, Crazy for Disney on YouTube, and subscribe to be entered for the contest. We will see you guys later. Bye. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.